light of Thanksgiving, we're going to have a Thanksgiving message. We're going to be in Psalm 100, and we've titled the message today, Reasons for Giving Thanks and Ways of Giving Thanks. In 2014, I wrote a poem, um, and it was about being thankful, and as I reread this poem, I, I, it still resonated with me. It was still totally true and reflects my heart. And so the poem is titled, I Am Thankful. It says this, I am thankful for Harvest Church, my call, my friends, and my staff with whom I work day to day. I'm thankful for health and joy, peace and play. I'm thankful for challenges and God's faithfulness for projects and provision and wisdom to relax and trust and obey. I'm thankful for all these things and more, for the abundance of this life and for the hope of the life to come. For my God who is preparing an eternal home, my joyful everlasting stay. And so that was my poem. And it's so, to this day, still reflects my heart and my gratitude for what God has done in my life and for this church. And uh, it's just been really, really good. I heard this really sad story though recently about this couple who after 40, how long have you guys been married? Like 50 years? 53 years. So after 45 years of marriage, this couple, they were calling it quits. And so the husband calls his son and says, hey, I can't take it anymore. I am done. It's been 45 years. We're calling it quits. And the son said, dad, don't, don't do anything until I get there, I'm going to fly out immediately and talk to you in person about this. And so the son called his sister, the daughter, and she heard the news and she was equally uh, disturbed and irate. And she called her dad and said, Dad, don't do anything until, we get, until I get there. I'm going to fly out immediately. immediately. I'll be there tomorrow so that we can talk about it. And uh, so the dad hangs up the phone and turns to his wife and said, well, babe, the kids will be here for Thanksgiving, and they're paying their own way. <laughs> Let's go ahead and stand for the reading of our text this morning. Psalm 100. <laughs> Psalm 100, I'm reading out of the ESV. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 100. Lord, as we have read the word of the Lord, I pray, God, that you would just allow that truth to sink in, Lord God. God, that you would challenge us with truth and revive us and refresh us with truth. God, that we would change our mind about some things today in the light of your truth. I pray, Lord, that we would be filled with gratitude by the end of this service and that that would carry us the balance of this year. God, we love you and we thank you for who you are. Bless us now with the teaching of your word, we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
So my Bible titles this section, A Psalm for Giving Thanks. Why should we be thankful? Well, the Bible tells us in this chapter, Psalm 100, verse 5, we're going to jump to the end of this chapter so that we can get the reasons for why we should give thanks. Psalm 100, verse 5, again, tells us, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. So reason, reasons for giving thanks, number one, the Lord is good. The Bible says that God is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He is a faithful God, a good God, and I am so thankful that on my worst days, God is still good. When I'm struggling the most, God is still absolutely good. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So that means no matter what I'm going through, I can call out to God and he is there and he is good. Number one, the Lord is good. Number two, his love endures. His love is unconditional. My wife and I were in Solvang having dinner at a restaurant last week and um, we were just enjoying a good Mexican meal and just the two of us at the table and there were just a few other people in the restaurant, couples sitting at different tables and um, as we're kind of wrapping up our meal, this couple at the table next to us kind of begin to talk with us. And uh, so we're having this small talk with this couple at the table next to us. And the guy said, hey, if you don't mind me asking, what do you do for a living? And so I'm like, here we go, here we go. So I said, well, I'm a pastor. He's like, really? And so he grabs his stuff, picks his stuff up, and he comes over and says, can I sit at your table? <laughs> so he comes over and he plants himself at our table and his wife comes over and we're all of a sudden neck deep in this conversation and uh, he says, you know, I'm an atheist, but I'm just so curious about why you're a pastor. And so I just start sharing my faith with him. I start sharing the gospel with him. And it's just this kind of powerful, spontaneous move of God where God just brought these people into our lives for a moment so that we might just share the gospel with them. And so he's an atheist, and then his wife, who grew up, grew up Catholic, she would be more self-described as an agnostic. She's just kind of uncertain, and she's just asking the Lord to kind of reveal it. Like, Lord, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. I said, listen, I said, listen if you ask the Lord, he will. I promise you this, he will reveal himself to you in real powerful and obvious ways. And then I just felt in my spirit like I was supposed to tell her, you know what? The Lord has never stopped loving you. So no matter where your life has taken you and what, no matter the choices and decisions that you have made, God has never stopped loving you. I tell you what, as a church, if we fail to remember that, and if we stop telling people that, we're missing out on our best opportunity to help people understand something about Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have ever 
lasting life. The crux, the center of the gospel is the love of Jesus. But in our culture, everybody's bickering about something, divided about something, but this is something that we can all kind of settle our uh, arguments around that God loves. His love is unconditional. So there's bickering in the culture around politics and all kinds of stuff, but there's also bickering within the church about doctrinal theological things. But the reality is, is that the essentials remain true. Jesus loves us. And apart from the love of Jesus, we are desperately lost. But God (laughs) loved us in our lostness and gave himself to us. And so if you're wondering about maybe how to share your faith as you encounter people, just know that you can share it with everybody. God has never stopped loving you. Reasons for giving thanks. The Lord is good, number one. Number two, his love endures. It's unconditional. And number three, God is faithful. And he is faithful even when And especially when we are unfaithful. God is faithful. You read throughout the scriptures of the Old and the New Testament, and you know for certain that God is faithful, especially when people are unfaithful. God's character and his nature, it cannot change. God is immutable. He changes not based on your behavior or the world circumstances and situations. He is immutable. That means he is always good. His love always endures and he is always faithful. God is good, loving, and faithful. These reasons are enough for us to give thanks. These reasons need to stay within our hearts and minds, and we need to remind ourselves of this truth as we follow Jesus in this crazy world that we live. Now, let's look at ways of giving thanks directly from Psalm 100. Number one, make a joyful noise. <laughs> Sometimes we're so serious when we're coming into our conversations with the Lord, but Psalm 100 verse 1 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. And when we understand that God is good, loving, and faithful, thankful joy is a proper response. We are exhorted here to make a joyful noise. This means that we are to sing with joy. This means that we are to tell others about God with joy. This means that we're to talk to God with joy, pray to God with joy. Joy is a part the fruit of the Spirit, evidence that the Spirit of God lives within us. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Listen, if we lack the joy of the Lord, we're missing something that is so helpful and powerful to us as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Nehemiah said it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. That means when you are filled with the joy of the Lord, you are actually strong in your faith. I'm going to say that again because it's absolutely true. When you are filled with the joy of the Lord, you are strong in your faith. (laughs) When you're not filled 
with the joy of the Lord, you will, you will just, you will inevitably not be very strong in your faith. Why? Because you'll have your eyes on all of the wrong stuff. You're going to have your eyes on all of the trouble in your life, all of the problems in your life, all of the people in your life that are giving you a hard time. And you're going to be focused on all of the wrong stuff. But when we focus on the goodness of God and the love of God and the faithfulness of God, our focus is where it should be. We have joy that is the fruit of the Spirit and is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You will be stronger spiritually when you have the joy of the Lord. And people will actually want to be around you also when you've got the joy of the Lord. The opposite is true too. If you're not very joyful, people will scatter, right? So Psalm 100 is an exhortation to the people of God, but also to the whole earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Joy-filled worship and adoration are our part of the relationship that we enjoy with God. The people of God are to worship the one true God and also help others, all the earth, to know the one true God so that they too can worship God. So we see it here in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. The people of God who are filled with the joy of God and who are strengthened by the joy of the Lord work to help model that to the world so that others might be curious about our faith and want to sit down at our table at dinner and hear more about it. It's the joy of the Lord that draws people in. It is our role, our joy, our privilege, and our responsibility to properly reflect that joy to the world so that they're just a bit curious about what it is that we have as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thankful people make a joyful noise. Have you ever come into church and you're like, you don't want to sing? You're not, you don't want to, you're, you're not here not wanting to sing because you're joyful. You're here not wanting to sing because you're burdened, right? You're thinking about all the stuff, and we all do it. We're, we all show up, we're all thinking about all the hard stuff in life. Listen, if we can shift, and we have to do it intentionally so. If we will shift our perspective and change our minds and remember that God is, nope, what's the first one? Good, that God is loving, and then God is finally faithful. So remember those three things because we see in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, that God is good, loving, and faithful. And so, in the midst of everything that you may be going through in life, God is good. He is loving and he is faithful. And so when you get your mind properly fixed on that reality, on that truth, you will make a joyful noise. Ways of giving thanks, number one, make a joyful noise. And then number two, serve the Lord. <laughs> serve the Lord with gladness. There it is. Again, it wasn't a mistake that the word joy was used, and it's not a mistake that the word gladness is used. This is the life that God has called us to. Thankful people also serve the Lord with gladness. Serving the Lord is a natural response for thankful people. 
Serve the Lord with gladness, verse 2. Come into his presence with singing. I've talked with people who attend church because of what they get out of the service. And I just want to say that attending church for what you get out of it is not actually a theologically sound reason for attending church. Did you know that? It's true. Attending church for what you get out of it, I mean, we should all get something out of church, but attending church for that sole reason actually isn't a theologically sound reason for attending a church. A theologically sound reason for attending church is to worship the Lord with a joyful noise and to serve him with gladness. So we're to serve the Lord with our whole lives, our time, talents, and treasure. Now, I know that there are healthy reasons for leaving a church and attending another church, but if listen, if you're jumping around a lot and leaving a church every, every well, you fill in the blank, maybe, maybe you're there for the wrong reason. And I just want to encourage you that feel a theologically sound reason for being a part of a church is so that we might make a joyful noise to the Lord and serve the Lord with gladness. Strong believers who do this usually stick around for church, church stick around in church for a, a long time because they're involved in serving others. And where do we get this model? We get this model from Jesus. What did Jesus say? He, did, he said, I didn't come to serve. Is that what he said? What did he say? Oh, he so help me out, Mike. So stand up. <laughs> You're an easy target. You're on the front row. So what did, what did Jesus say? He came to church. Oh, he did. Okay, okay. You can be seated then, yeah. So Jesus didn't come <laughs> to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he modeled to us over and over again in his life, what it means to be involved in the kingdom. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Serving others is the fastest way out of a serve me attitude of perspective. So if you're here and you're just like wanting people to meet your needs, I just want to challenge you to turn that thing on its ear and just begin to serve others. You will have greater joy as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ if you show up and you just start serving the people around you. Yesterday at dinner, we're having dinner and everybody, they're sitting around the table just enjoying some food and my friend Linda got up and said, hey, can I get you a piece of pie? And she just goes around, she starts asking people, hey, can I get you a piece of pie? And I'm thinking, that's that's exactly what my sermon's about tomorrow. It's about serving, like getting up and just, say, be just making yourself available. And when you do that, you'll build relationships and connection and you will enjoy church. You will enjoy what God is doing in the body of Christ. You will have purpose as you show up. Oh, yes, I think so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we attend church with purpose and as we carry out real responsibility, we enjoy church the way we have been designed to enjoy church. If we show up just looking to be served, we'll eventually find a reason to go. 
That's just the way it works. Ways of giving thanks, number one, make a joyful noise. Number two, serve the Lord with gladness. Number three, come into his presence with singing. Verse two tells us, come into his presence with singing. This is why we open the service every time we get together with singing and hopefully joy-filled singing. It's an opportunity to come in from our crazy lives and remember that God is good and loving and faithful. And to be reminded that God is bigger than our circumstances and the things that we are going through. And if we'll just turn our attention to him and honor him and sing, uh, come into his presence with singing, the, the burdens of this life just get lifted and God is glorified. Gratitude leads us to worship, to make a joyful noise. Like a lot of things to do in life, sometimes we just don't feel like doing it. I had one of those weeks. If I'm honest, I, I get up every morning, I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to read the Bible today. I just, I just don't, I'm not feeling it, Lord. So I'm like, I just, but then, you know, I think maybe I got, gave myself a day, and then the second day I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like reading the Bible today either. But then I realized I just, I just need to do the right thing. It's like eating healthy. Like, I'd rather have a taco from, you know, you name the spot, maybe Taco Bell. Have you ever had, have you talk, had tacos at Taco Bell lately? So last week, yeah, so my wife's great aunt, she's like 100 years old now and lives in Lompoc. And when we come to visit her, what does she want? She wants tacos from Taco Bell. Well, we haven't had tacos from Taco Bell for forever. Why? Because we're trying to eat healthy, right? But when we go to Taco Bell to get tacos for Aunt Lucy, who's 100 years old now, we get like six or eight tacos. And, and we had wonderful tacos from Taco Bell. <laughs> And it's the first time we, so sometimes we, anyway, back to my, sometimes we just have to do the right thing. Eating tacos, that was probably a bad illustration, but sometimes we just have to decide to do the right thing. And so all week long, it was just like this battle. Like, I don't want to read the Bible, but every day, except maybe the first day, I'd get up, I just, okay, I'm just going to read the Bible. And I tell you what, when I came in here, first service to worship, I thought about the week and the struggle and the battle, and I said, God, it was all worth it. I just felt the grace and the presence of God as I worshiped. I thought, Lord, the battle was absolutely worth it. It was worth it to press in and just do the right thing. I think the counsel that I give to people a lot in their lives is just go do the next right thing. Whatever that is in your marriage, with your finances, with your life, just go do the next right thing. Sometimes we don't feel like doing the next right thing. But if we will just, out of a sense of uh, discipline as disciples of Christ, as out of a sense of purpose and, and understanding who we are as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we will just do the next right thing, it will all be worth it. You'll get down the road a few days or a few weeks or a few months and you'll, you'll say, Lord, it was all absolutely worth it. If we let our emotions guide us and direct us, we're going to be all over the place. But if we allow truth, 
the word of God, the reality that God is good and that God is loving and that God is faithful, if we keep our focus there and just say, God, I know because you're good and loving and faithful, I'm just going to do what I know I should be doing and let you work out my emotions and feelings later on. Gratitude leads us to worship, to make a joyful noise. But sometimes we just have to force ourselves to do the right thing, trusting that God will see us through on the other side. Verse 3, know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Ways of giving thanks, number four, know your God and know who you are in God. What does it mean to know God. I think it means a couple different things. I think there's an academic perspective of knowing, like we're gaining information. Like the word know means to learn to know, to perceive, to recognize, to perceive and see, to find out and discern. And so there's an academic aspect to knowing. And so we have to have an academic understanding and and a growing academic understanding of who God is because as we have a growing academic understanding of who God is, that will begin to drop down into our hearts and will inform the way that we live our lives. And so if we know that God is good and loving and faithful, eventually that will drop from our heads to our hearts and it will inform the way that we live our lives. We will live our lives out of that reality that God indeed is good and loving and faithful. No matter what I'm going through and no matter what the world wants to tell me, I know because I've decided to know and I've decided to believe this truth about my God. I believe that he is good and loving and faithful. And because I believe that and continue to believe that, that is informing my heart, which is changing the way that I live my life. It's changing the way that I react to people and respond to circumstances and believe for the future. It changes everything. It actually shapes my understanding as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that there's got to be an 18-inch drop. We can sometimes get stuck in the academic and never allow that understanding to drop into our hearts. For a long time before my dad passed away, I would have conversations with him about God. And I would ask him, Dad, what do you believe about God? And he had all of the right answers about God. He had it down academically. He understood what the Bible said about God. But I am not sure that it ever dropped into his heart. I hope that that is not the case, but I fear that he went to the grave with only an academic understanding of God, never a life transformational born again experience with the living God. Now we'll find out when we get to heaven one day and I pray that he is there. But I tell you, he was, he was hard to talk to about these things because he was so sure he was okay. 
he had so much knowledge and he would send me these big, thick books that he had been reading and studying. And I'm like, dad, I appreciate it. But man, let that sink into your heart and serve him and let God love you and follow him all the days of your life. We need to have a proper understanding of God because that will inform the way that we live as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but it has got to sink in. I love the Westminster Shorter Catechism because they define and describe God this way. They say God is spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Maybe the greatest attribute of God in my mind is the fact that he is immutable, that he changes not. He doesn't change based on culture and what is popular, but he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is immutable, unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. We need to know these things about God, and we need to be growing in our knowledge of God, but we need to be knowing and growing so that it sinks down into our hearts so that we might live it out, being salt and light in this world. So do you believe academically that the God of the Bible is the one true God? And do you believe personally that the God of the Bible is the one true God? If you only believe academically, but you've not allowed that truth to sanctify your life and to give you new life and to sink into your heart and transform your life, then you're only partway along in the journey. The rest of the journey requires that you humble yourself and allow the transformational truth about God to sink into your heart so that you might become a believer, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ because it's almost impossible to follow out of your head, but you can follow from your heart, from your passion, from your, your, your experience and, and from that conviction that God is real. You believe it because you've not only known it, but you've experienced it on a personal level. We need to know with confidence that our Lord is the one true God who made us and who watches over us. Verse 3 again, know that the Lord, he is God. And when you know that the Lord, he is God, then you can know it is he who made us. And we are his. And we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. When we have that intimate and personal connection with God, we realize that we're not just one of 8 billion people or how many billions of people that have been born and died in the world, but we're individually created in the image of God that we belong to him, that we have purpose in him, that he died personally for my sins and he died personally for your sins, because he loves you. And like I told Becky, the woman at the restaurant in Solving, at the Mexican restaurant, he has never stopped loving you. He has always continued to love you. When we know academically and personally that the Lord is God, then we can know that he made us and that we are his. 
We are his people. Two times in this verse, we are reassured that we belong to him and that we are under his care as his sheep. He is the good shepherd. And because all of this is true, we can, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, giving, uh, give thanks to him and bless his holy name. Ways of giving thanks, number five, bless the Lord with the way you live your life. <laughs> a thankful spirit is a triumphant spirit. A thankful spirit honors the Lord with the way they live their lives. Remember in the garden, Adam and Eve, they had every thing that they needed. They had fellowship with God. They had all of the provision that they needed. They had everything, but they could not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. And the enemy tormented them and tempted them with that one thing that they could not have, and that's all they could focus on. They lacked gratitude for all of the things that God had given to them, and they could only fixate and focus on the one thing that they could not have. You can read about it in Genesis 3, verses 4 and 6. Paul explains what was happening theologically, doctrinally, so he's explaining what happened in the garden because as we understand what happened in the garden, we can understand how the enemy works in our lives to get us fixated and focused on all of the wrong stuff. Romans 1, 21 and 22, Paul writes, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. So we can have all kinds of information knowledge and understanding about God, but if we do not honor him as God and give thanks to him by allowing the truth of God, that re resurrection truth to sink into our hearts and minds, we will never have this born-again, life-giving experience that the Bible talks about through and through. It says, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. The one who is thankful to the Lord will live in a way that blesses the Lord. We can look at our lives and in this community, in this culture, and we can all say, whether we have a little or a lot, we can all say, I have plenty. We can all say that. Now you say, well, I don't have plenty. Perspective. You're sitting in an air-conditioned room in comfortable chairs. You probably had breakfast this morning. If you didn't, you're probably going to go to have lunch this afternoon. You all have clothes, probably multiple sets of clothes. You have a place to live, most of you. Occasionally we'll have a homeless person in here, but for the most part, everybody is housed and has resource to some level so that you're probably not wondering where your next meal is coming from. And so in comparison to other scenarios, 
other people around the globe who don't have these things, you are much like, we are much like Adam and Eve in the garden with all of our needs met, and yet the enemy will still get us fixated and focused on the things that we do not have or cannot have. And we will, instead of being thankful for what we have, we will be frustrated and angry about the things we cannot have. The Bible says that Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We've got reasons for giving thanks. And we've been given instruction here, ways for us to give thanks. The reason, the Lord is good. Verse 5, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all Generation. So full, full circle, why should we be thankful? God is good, is loving, and he's faithful. That's true in your life. It's true in your life. You need to own that reality for your life. You need to grab hold of that reality for your life and allow God to fill you with gratitude so that you can... Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, so that you can serve him with gladness, so that you can live the kind of life that honors and glorifies him. With that, let's go ahead and stand, and we're going to pray and invite the worship team. Thank you, Lord, for your word that it reminds us, it helps us, it reassures us, it gives us what we need so that we can keep our eyes on you. Lord, I am so thankful for your word, and I pray that each of us would be able to take hold of the reality of the truth that has been communicated. And as we take hold of that, God, that it would change our minds today and for the balance of this year and going into 2024. We need your help. We're thankful for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship.